0: Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with an great podcast. We certainly appreciate you. Not you. No, not you either. But you right there. You in the back. Yeah. We appreciate you showing up. Actually, we appreciate all of you. Thanks for tuning in the show, guys. Once again, uh, be sure to go back and listen to last year's show. We're trying to push those. In fact, uh, the end of last year, I did uh, four major shows where I gave you my impression of all the authors, talked about them, gave you some backstory and some fun tidbits to, to do. To read about all the authors and books you're reading on The Chris Foss Show, go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Foss. See the video version of this. It's the newest technology they've come out with. You want to check it out. Go to youtube.com for slash Chris Fawcett, that bell notification button. It will lift your spirit to push the button and give you hope. That or I don't know, it'll just be an empty gesture. But still, you'll belong to the Chris Voss Show channel, and that in itself is an accomplishment. It's like goal-setting, really, and getting them done. It's those easy things that make you feel like you uh, can change the world. Anyway, guys, uh, you can also go to Facebook.com for us, the Chris Voss Show, and LinkedIn as well. There's a ton of groups on, on each of those channels so you can take and follow and uh, do all that good stuff. We've got some great, great news and author to bring to you on their wonderful new book that should uplift you, actually. Uh, The book is called Rain, A Guide to Ruling Your Inner Kingdom of Self with Grace, Power, and Authenticity. It's by the author Mary Kriegel. Mary earned a master's degree in acupuncture from Maryland University of Integrative Health in 2011 as a board certified licensed acupuncturist classically trained in the law of five elements she has treated many patients in clinical hospital and community settings in each circumstance she observed that the patient's outward presentation and manner of being contributed to their symptoms. By viewing patients through the lens of her traditional Chinese education, she saw how nature impacts each person's constitution in the way they presented themselves. Interactions can range from effortless to difficult based on a person's use of their 12 energies as defined by the law of five elements. Mary came to realize that people's actions, tone, and manner correspond directly with the ancient Chinese understanding of the 12 meridians of energy. These 12 superpowers of humanity, when understood and used effectively, can create greater ease and less stress in each moment of our lives. Welcome to the show, Mary. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Well, it's a wonderful uh, chance to have you and tell you about your wonderful book. Give us where people can find you on the interwebs, find out more about you, and order the book.
1: Yeah, sure. So my book is on Amazon, and there is a link uh, on Amazon to contact me. And um, currently it's five-star rating on Amazon.
0: Awesome. That's great. Good Thank launch you. for the book there. So uh, tell us what motivated you want to write the book. I think I kind of went through some of it, but uh, I'll let you I'll let you give us it uh, from you.
1: Sure, absolutely. So acupuncture started thousands of years ago uh, with the ancient Chinese, and they followed nature. And so with that, they learned that nature is change. And we are part of nature, so we're meant to change. I noticed often in the treatment room, sometimes people get stuck and they have some anxiety or some stress or some other symptoms. And it's often because they're stuck in one way of being. So the purpose of the book is to kind of explore the possibility of shifting one's way of being to um, a different Way of being that might cause some ease or lessen anxiety.
0: Nice, uh, getting rid of anxiety is definitely easy. Um, the uh, I thought it was funny, a bit of ironic when you said that you notice uh, your clients getting stuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Play like on words, unintentional. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
0: Uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I already the right word, but uh, so give us an overview of the book and and uh, what's inside of it.
1: Sure. So my book is really meant to be kind of an introspective meditation. So it's really meant to be a journal for meditating and an, a workbook for self. So it starts with kind of an introduction, but then the intention is for it really to be an immersive journey um, into your own personal kingdom to kind of do some self-evaluation, some introspection. And so the so, ch-
0: so yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: The ancient Chinese lived in the time of kingdoms. So, what they saw outside was the kingdom infrastructure. And they equated that to what's happening inside the person. So, each person has their own individual kingdom. So, my book is really a metaphorical journey through a medieval kingdom where you meet 12 different archetypes or supersuits, if you will, that are all within you. And the question is: Are you using one of these particular supersuits more than others, and therefore getting stuck, so to mm. speak?
0: I'm usually using the super suit of sleep.
1: <laughs> so, it's what crazy. are what are
0: what are these different aspects? Uh, the the twelve uh, uh, suits, I guess.
1: Sure, sure. So, the ancient Chinese, you know, they lived close to the land and observed nature, and so obviously followed the seasons and found that their life um, was a little more effortless if they kind of followed the flow of nature and that they called that chi and so they noticed that there are not four elements or four seasons but five and one of them so you have the classic of course you know winter spring summer fall but one of them that they added in there was kind of a late summer period which is in between august and october and so the um, the different twelve energies stem from these five different. Or, in my kingdom metaphor, there are five different realms. So, there is um, an element that is associated with each of those five seasons.
0: Awesome! And so um, they go through all those different ones. And uh, what do they what do they represent, or what do they tell us about ourselves? I guess.
1: Sure, absolutely. So the first one you might find, um, if you think about a kingdom, you know, you can kind of visualize a castle, right? Like the medieval castle, so to speak. And then you might have a, a gate, an inner gate that kind of raises and lowers. And then at the farthest reaches of your inner, of your kingdom, past farmlands and so forth, there's a huge uh, fence that encompasses the entire kingdom. Mm. And along that fence, there'd be an outer gate. So the idea is this outer gate will allow people in and out of the kingdom. And it's really a metaphor for each of us as humans. Whenever we interact with someone, we allow them to um, impact our energetic boundaries, if you will. Ah. So if it's someone who's not in your innermost circle, like a casual acquaintance or, for example, social media is the classic example here. It's people that we know um, on a casual level, and there's always that decision of when will we let them inside inside to you know, whether we include them or like them or friend them, and whether that's somebody that we want inside of our kingdom. And if you have a well-functioning gate on that far reach, then you know when to let people in and when to say, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, you don't want the, in the medieval kingdom, you don't want the, the thieves and the spies to get in. And it's the same concept and modern life. You want people who will nourish you allowed into your kingdom.
0: Yeah. When social media started, I, you know, I was a really social media rock star and uh, I would let everybody in and uh, boy, that became a mistake in 2015 when I woke up and went, Uh, wow. Um, But, but even then it was a snake now because, you know, you, you realize that uh, quantity is not quality.
1: Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And so, you know, I think that we all are, if you take that premise, we all are our own individual kingdom and we sort of have a responsibility to ourselves to be our best, most authentic self. And to do that, we really do need to screen carefully those people that we allow in into our kingdom and out. So to answer your question, one of the 12 types of energies is what I call the outer gatekeeper, or it's that person that kind of monitors those um, casual interactions. You know, it can be the, the store clerk, or it could be a fellow commuter on, you know, your um, commute to work and If you think, for example, if you are on your commute and some guy cuts you off, you know, you have a decision in that moment whether you're going to let the anger of that impatient driver impact you. And that's sort of what I'm speaking to with the outer gatekeeper of what are you going to allow to land inside your being that you may then carry forward to other people in your circle.
0: Nice. Uh, that, you know, it really is important. And I learned that the hard way. And I know a lot of people that, um, uh, you know, once I started cleaning up my social media and and I learned a long time ago, you know, you be careful of all the people you have around you because uh, I went through a phase of my life where as long as I was buying, I had plenty of friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, uh, and and a lot of people struggle with that is sometimes in their lives or in social media. They let people that are toxic in. They let uh, emotional vampires in. um who uh, will just drain them uh, either emotionally or every other way. And, and, and then they struggle with it. They're like, well, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings and eject them from my life. And it's like, no, seriously, they need to go. Um, And so uh, it, it definitely speaks to that.
1: Yes. Yes. And that, that is exactly, you know, a, a good segue to another one of the 12 energies, which I call the scalpel and that's the ability to cut those people or those negative toxic things Out out of your life without remorse, and recognize that they're not serving you, and that it's really for the best for your kingdom. For
0: me, it had to be a machete. I'm sorry, I had to get that. I love
1: that. (laughs) And you know, I would say by by actually taking those steps to maybe remove some some individuals or groups or whatever it may be that's no longer serving you, you're you're increasing the health of your own personal self but I'm going to take it a step further. And I feel that we all have a responsibility to, of course, you know, be our best selves, but by being our best selves, we are then impacting everyone around us. So the thought is if we all made a tiny shift, you know, and changed our way of being, whether it's removing negative energies or allowing in more positive energy, you know, perhaps we could all make a greater shift, you know, in the universe.
0: Yeah. And it improves our lives. I mean, if we're, if we're definitely happier people and nicer people and we don't have a lot of toxicity or, or, uh, you know, like emotional vampires or brain damage in our life, uh, we tend to be nicer people. At least I do, especially if I get my sleep.
1: Yes, <laughs> I think we all do. And sleep is so important for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: It's kind of a theme there going, Chris. Right now the audience is like, well, he's made two <laughs> sleep jokes. Um, so uh so as we get closer to the other gates, how do those work? And can my castle have a moat of alligators?
1: You absolutely can have a moat of alligators. All they right. can be fierce. Yeah. I love that. That's great.
0: It <laughs> probably is actually. That's my psychiatrist. <laughs>
1: The whole idea is, is just to protect your yourself and to be your, your best self. And, you know, I think the idea of my book is really to kind of walk the medieval journey of self, so to speak, and encounter each one of those 12 different archetypes or 12 different energies, if you will, and, and say, you know, hey, am I being as nurturing as I could be? Am I being as kind or... Do I really, am I really listening to the other side in an argument? You know, um, those are the sort of questions that come up as you kind of go through this um, journey um, written in my book.
0: Yeah. So do we need to be, uh, is there, as we get closer to the castle and all those other different elements, is there different rules we need to establish or anything we need to do to, to better care for that more hollow ground, if you will?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So I think what's important is, you know, of course, you want to protect the castle at all costs. So you want to employ all 12 of your energies. And I think it what people kind of get stuck and some people have asked me in reading my book is, well, which one of the 12 energies am I? And I always answer, you have all 12 of them. So if one of them is maybe being a little bit um, bossy or domineering or cranky, then, you know, that's definitely a call to maybe look at your other 11 and say, well, how can I adjust this? So within the book, I talk about different controlling mechanisms and kind of like almost like the face of a clock. If, you know, 12 noon is really being cranky, then you want to go to number six, which is kind of the counteracting counterpoint of it. Mm-hmm. So within the book, there are those different counteracting, controlling energies that can kind of help control things.
0: Like have a Snickers.
1: Yeah, That's exactly. One, right? <laughs> That's
0: exactly it. to love that commercial. Um, so you want to take a look at all 12 of these and you want to make sure there's balance and and, uh, Maybe one isn't too dominant.
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly it, Chris. So the idea there is, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of like human nature. So, you know, the first day of class, everybody goes into the classroom and they take a seat. And then each consecutive day, most of the time people sit in that same seat, you know, it's the same kind of premise. So um, people get very comfortable using one of their their ways of being and kind of ignoring the rest and even more so maybe creating a story around it. It could be that, you know, I'm not an organized person or I'll never, you know, have a good uh, meaningful, loving relationship. And then once you start creating that story and getting stuck in it, you can kind of stay there for a while.
0: And probably do things that reinforce that and keep you there.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like a well-worn path, you know. That kind of you—you you keep following down,
0: and kind of a comfort level to it. So people are like, "Well, I'm unhappy, but it feels really comfortable."
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want to change, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's what your book is about. Change is good.
1: It is. It is good, and you know, I think it's—it's it's interesting to me during these times. You know, I was kind of raised like, "Love your neighbor as yourself." And, you know you haven't at, seen my
0: neighbors have you <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know honestly looking sometimes at social media and some of the posts and the news I mean there's certainly a lot of discord out there and it, it caused a question if we're having so much difficulty loving our neighbor then perhaps we really need to kind of maybe focus on ourselves a little bit right? Kind yeah. of like that airplane mask, you know, when, when the planes got some turbulence or, you know, run into trouble, put on your own airplane mask first.
0: This is one of the problems I think we have a lot of people when they see problems or they think there's problems, they don't look inside and clean up that house first or, or that estate, if you will. Um, you know, they go, they go looking for the rest of the world's problems or, you know, it's, it's that guy who's my problem or that guy's my problem or that guy who took my job and stuff like that. And instead of going, well, maybe it could be me,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, could,
0: I could read something and learn.
1: <laughs> maybe I need to listen a little more, you know? Yeah. And and that's exactly it. And so I think if we all maybe just shifted a little bit, I think it could make a big impact. And you know, the one thing um, we can certainly see today is with COVID, right? That, like it or not, we're all kind of connected um, by this unseen, invisible disease that's kind of raging across our globe, and it, it. you know, even though we can't see it, we know that it definitely can spread, you know, through us. And so it's interesting to me that that's one thing that we all can kind of control is our own actions and our own way of being in a time where there's so much that we can't control.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. COVID is very hard. And I think a lot of people are definitely need resources like your book and uh, maybe some deep psychology. I need to be locked in a funny farm room with a <laughs> straitjacket for probably a year. Um, <laughs> this is all over. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a mental health challenging time with COVID. Um, hopefully, you know, for me, I I tried to just focus on gratitude for what I had and and kind of go back to the basics of what was important to me, and uh, you know. Um, I realized that the most important things that in the world that could be taken from you by COVID, if, if, uh, things go badly is my mom and, uh, my family, my, you know, my, my sister. Um, and, uh, I kind of like those things. you know, we don't always get along, but I like those things and we seem to get along better now that I realize that how important they are in my life. Um, and you, you kind of, hopefully most people learn how fleeting life can be and how mortal life can be. And, and, uh, you know, this, this COVID thing, I mean, where you can't even go to the hospital and be with your loved one as they're passing and hold their hand and, and make that more comforting. It's just, it's just horrible to think about.
1: Yeah, it's truly devastating. And, and, and I think you make an excellent point. It's, it really kind of brings us um call to mind over what is truly most important, you know, in this, in our lives and in our collective lifetime. And, maybe it is a kind of a call to focus on those things of, you know, whether it's not spending a little more time with loved ones or kind of improving oneself or any one of those things.
0: Mm -hmm. In the book, you talk about the ancient Chinese idea of the nature of change. Uh, Give us some insight to that.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, during, couple thousand years ago they didn't have all the fun distractions of uh, the technology age that we are living in obviously no no fun posts and social media so what they did get to observe was kind of nature um, and watch the changes on on earth's landscape so they really followed the changing seasons closely and uh, they noticed that life was easier when they kind of flowed with those changes so you know in summer it's a time to kind of Play and be outside, and then falls a time to start you know collecting your harvest and so forth. So for example, if they weren't paying attention closely to these subtle changes, they might miss signs of an upcoming frost and then have kind of a long, devastating, hungry winter. Um, so you know they learned that following these patterns this, this nature of change really makes things easier. So that philosophy is kind of what really um, is the undercurrent for all of of acupuncture and kind of their philosophy on life. So um, the idea being behind if if you stop moving forward or trying to change or you know improve yourself in one way, you can you know get stuck or have stagnation, and um, when you stop moving, decay starts to, st- you know, set in and that's not pretty.
0: <laughs> Most definitely. <clears throat> and it sounds like we really need to pay more attention to nature. I mean, that makes so much sense. The flow of it, the change, the change of the seasons. And I think a lot of us uh, are really lost and ignore what that meaning is. And, and that, you know, the kind of metaphor for life.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, with acupuncture the following, they would follow these seasons and they realize that not not only in their farming lifestyle, is there an appropriate time to do certain things, whether it's plant the seeds or harvest them or store them and, and reflect upon what they can do better for the next season. But, you know, it's also the, the chance to... Um, to kind of take those lessons of a flow of life and apply them to your own interpersonal relationships and your own interpersonal ways of being. So for example, there's an appropriate time to listen in a relationship or an appropriate time to engage or laugh or, or be quiet, or even to be angry if that's an appropriate use of that, that sort of, um energetic
0: yeah um yeah i like the concept of that and uh realizing that there's change i think i think uh i used to always hate the seasons because i hate winter winter is the one thing i do what's a good way of dealing with winter because it's like winter right now and i'm having a hard time (laughs) yes
1: you know i'll be honest Chris. it's not my favorite either but (laughs) and and we're here gonna have a huge snowstorm in a couple of days which is kind of brutal Uh, for me personally, other people love it. But, um, you know, winter in in this framework is really actually a time to um, recharge. So in, in the ancient times, it was a time to kind of, it was dark, it was a time to go in and rest, you know, you weren't out plowing the field, so to speak. And so it was really a time for meditation, and a time for quiet. And I think with those the quiet and meditation it, you comes wisdom. And mm. wisdom is sort of what helps us, you know, kind of digest past experiences, make sense of them, learn from them, and also have the courage then to try new things. So winter is a time to sort of process and honestly to get some good sleep.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, that's <clears throat> during wintertime, that's all I want to do is hibernate. <laughs> And that helps me process stuff, you know.
1: That's exactly thinking about
0: stuff (laughs) sleeping. I'm like, oh, oh I can't wait for spring.
1: (laughs) Well that's it. That's exactly it though. It's the time to kind of rest, to rest your body. And you know, I do think that that's hard to do in this modern world, you know, where you can you could be on twenty four seven (laughs) answering emails and phone calls.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I seriously, if I could like hibernate all summer and just sleep during winter and sleep through the whole thing, I would if that were possible. Like, I, I'm a bear. Like, I, <laughs> it takes me like two hours in the morning. I've had girlfriends that have been like, "You are a grizzly bear in the morning. Like, you, you're you're insufferable. You you just have to have. You know, I have to have like two cups of coffee and and those uh, five hour energy drinks. I have to snort like a whole one. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Uh, tell us. <laughs> I just wrote that joke. I got to remember that one. Um, uh, tell us about the five elemental realms and how they uh, integrate with what, your, your book and stuff.
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, the five elemental realms are each tied to each one of the seasons. So again, you know, back in a couple thousand years ago, they just kind of looked around and that's how they, they learned about life. So they um, attached an element each one of the changing seasons so a winter example is water um, spring springtime is wood and you, if you could think about it wood. you know the the buds come up out of the earth during springtime so that's why they made it a wood element and then summer is a time of fire and then the late summer season which i describe as sort of a, a harvest season if you will Um, is earth, and then autumn time, or fall, is metal. So they associated an element with each one of those seasons. And Mm. my book is a journey through everyone's kind of own individual kingdom. And within each person's kingdom, you go to each one of those five elemental realms and meet your different... um, super
0: suits if you will or different Mm -hmm. energies that you can use awesome so autumn is metal so clearly the metallica megadeth fans uh, who wrote (laughs) that and then fire realm they must have lived like i did in las vegas during the summer so that that makes complete (laughs) sense that or arizona but uh no i think it's cool i mean there's so much of this stuff that we get into that we don't get back to the basics on what's on our environment and our world and understanding our world. And I think get, people get loaded up with a lot of stress and confusion because they're really not in touch with the basic stuff of nature and our humanity. Does that sound about right?
1: That's exactly it. I think perhaps people tend to overcomplicate things when really, you know, this framework that I'm describing that's several thousands of years old is, is really simple and it's based on what they observed. And, you know, they, they kind of witness that each element brings its own gifts.
0: So your book uh, helps people become sovereigns of their own selves. Uh, what about other people in your life? Do we just go hit them with the book or how do we, how do we maybe convert <laughs> them to the work. Okay. <laughs> how do we convert them or help influence them to maybe uh, work better in our seasons in in our uh, uh, castle domain?
1: Yeah. So um, again, do we have to use the saying... machete.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: my book is really meant for, um, you know, a, a journaling. It's it's there's lines for journaling, and it's really meant to kind of, you know, maybe during this time of quiet and when people have some downtime in COVID, is to kind of, you know, take the journey, so to speak, through the book. It's it's really a very short read, and it's highly illustrated, <laughs> so. Hey it's, um, meant to kind of be more of like a comic book type fantasy read, um, but also quite thought provoking. So the intention of the book is really to kind of take a metaphorical walk through your own, um, medieval kingdom, if you will, and in journal. And at the end of each meeting, each one of those 12 different energies that I spoke about, there's questions and thought provoking, um, ideas, you know, for meditation and some lines for journaling.
0: I like that. That's a whole lot better way to process it and uh, understand it, do some self-introspection. You know, it's better than what my psychologist does to me. He just looks at me and goes, what the hell is wrong with you, man? (laughs) So, um, and that's him. So, you know, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Anything more we need to know about your book and what's inside of it?
1: Yeah, I think I think the idea is that, you know, if we all, again, just maybe shift ourselves a little bit and um, to become our highest self, I think that we can make a huge impact in this world. And that's one thing we can control is kind of how we speak and how we show up in this world. And so if we really choose to maybe do some hard work, because I'm not saying that it's easy to really you know, take a good look at yourself. It's often so much easier to say, well, that, you know, Uncle Pat or that Ann Joan, you know, you know how she is. It's it's easy to point the finger or to, you know, place blame or get upset with other people. And I think if we took the time to really, really maybe do a little bit of introspection and um, self-reflection, and if we all even just shift it a little bit, I think it can make a huge difference.
0: I probably take the pain out of a lot of people's lives. I mean, I I think if you're suffering through life and I've had times where I'm suffering and I'm lashing out at people and I'm not being my best self, you know, there's sometimes there's something underlying in that. And the only way to fix that is for me to go in and with the scalpel, as you say, and, and, uh, try and, um, assess what's going on and figure out what's going on about that. I remember there's an old great line. That I saw from a show Oprah did, and uh someone made the comment that the, the that the uh poison that, that is uh killing you is the secrets that you hold, and sometimes getting inside yourself finding out uh exposing those secrets and dealing with them and uh letting go of those secrets and and flushing them out of your system you it's it's like this uh it's like it's like a, you know when a lion. It's a thorn, you know, and you can't get rid of it. Um, it just it just agitates you and drives you insane.
1: That's beautifully said. I mean, that's that's exactly it. You know, I think um, if we all maybe kind of looked at some of you know we the poison that we're feeding ourselves. You know, and um, whether intentional or not, sometimes it you know is not intentional. Um, we can create our story and get stuck in it. So this is just. Certainly not um a prescriptive book. It's just meant to be a meditation and a meant to be um a time for introspection and maybe exploring those concepts of of some change.
0: I've never done acupuncture. What's that like? I've never done I've done massage, and massage was always really good for me. Um, especially when I was running all my companies and my employees would be like, You didn't get your massage this week, and would be How do you know? And like, you're really cranky. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah. You know, people are often very concerned or nervous um, because all they can think of are needles. And of course, the only thing that, you know, the framework that they have to deal with is the doctor's office, you know, needles, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't like those. (laughs) Um, Acupuncture needles are, are hair thin and they only go, you know, subcutaneous just a little bit. So you really don't even feel them as they're being inserted. But People, you know, patients of mine have said that it's just been tremendous for a stress reliever for for so many things. And it really, you know, over time, I think um, is such a therapeutic therapeutic um, modality that I think everyone could benefit from.
0: I'd like to try it sometime. I have plenty of people that want to stab me, but it's nothing with <laughs> that small of a needle, evidently. So there you go. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, what, what plugs and where can we find you on the interweb and where to order your book up?
1: Yeah, so my book is on Amazon, and there's a Kindle version, and then there's paperback. Um, I think because it is a, a journal, it's probably best to, to try the paperback because you can write in it and refer to it. Um, But everyone likes to read differently. And um, within Amazon, there is a way to contact me by clicking on um, my name and it'll take you straight to my website. And you're certainly welcome to leave me comments or feedback or questions.
0: There you go, guys. Well, uh, Mary, it's been wonderful to have you on the show and sharing all this wonderful data with us. This is a perfect time that we need to uh, maybe do some introspection. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. It's truly been a pleasure.
0: And uh, to my audience, be sure to check it out. Uh, Rain, A Guide to Ruling Your Inner Kingdom of Self with Grace, Power, and Authenticity. Grab it, pick it up, and read it. Uh, the paperback version might be really good. I always try and take notes with the uh, with the uh, with the Kindle version or the. Uh, uh, what's the other like uh, the audible version but uh, I, it's so hard to get back to the notes on there so the paperback version probably the best that way you can make those notes or highlight stuff that's what I like about it too you can make those highlights so thanks to my audience for tuning in be sure to uh, go to youtube.com for slash Chris Voss to see the video version of this conversation you can also go to goodreads.com for slash Chris Voss to see what we're reading and all the books we're reviewing you can go to facebook.com for slash the Chris Voss show and see all the groups over there and LinkedIn thanks my for tuning in, wear your mask, and we'll see you next time.